we are doing a series um, and I'm wondering if anybody knows what is actually on. What, are we, what have we just started? We've done two weeks. This is the third week. Fruit of the Spirit, yes. Now, I have at home some Mentos that I was going to bring and throw out to the person who said that, but I left it at home. So I'll bring it next week if I remember. And it, it just metaphorically, good work. Um, and what we're going to look at today is the first four fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience. Now, I experienced love, joy, peace, and patience this past week because today is actually Catherine's seventh birthday. Catherine's my daughter. And yesterday, we had a birthday party for her. So we had a frozen birthday party being seven years old. What else would you have for a girl? And she invited all the girls from her class. So we had about 12 girls um, and that's me being very hot in our warm house, pretending to be cold because the ice queen had turned everything frozen. Um, but uh, the reason that I, that Matt and I did a party for Catherine was because we love her. And we wanted her to know that we loved her. So I did a whole heap of time and put in a whole heap of preparation, coming up with games and this whole storyline to connect the games together, to make it all fun, because we wanted her to know that she was loved. And the look on her face when she came out and saw the decorations the day before was just priceless. And when I told her three weeks ago that it was her birthday and we needed to start thinking about it, she was jumping up and down and she said, I want to tell everybody, I want to tell everybody. She was so filled with joy. It was just amazing. And afterwards, at about three o'clock, when um, Matt and my family who came for lunch after the party left... There was such a peace. And especially for Matt, who isn't big into big, loud, noisy, crowded places, we're like, oh, how peaceful is this? You may notice in the background of this picture, I've heard that this has a light. I'm going to see if I can use it. I can't. Anyway. Ah, see these things here? These are little bally things that I found, and these are meant to be like little snowflakes, they're really quite heavy. And I tried to put them up across our living room and they kept on falling down. And my patience actually ran out. And so instead of doing it across our family room, I did it around the side because then I could give it more strength and it actually started because I was just getting so frustrated. So there you go, love, joy, peace, patience, all in one event. But that actually is not the peace or the joy or the love or the patience, I know I just said that in the wrong order, that we're going to be talking about today. Because I love Catherine because she's my daughter. And it's really easy for me to love her. And her being joyful because she's got a birthday party coming up and because it's her birthday, you don't need the Spirit of God to be joyful because it's your birthday. And the peace that we felt wasn't a peace beyond understanding. It was peace because our house was noisy and full of people and now it's not, so it's nice and peaceful. And my patience waning, well, that isn't anything to do with God either. That's just because I was frustrated because these silly, heavy things wouldn't stay where I wanted them to go. But we're going to be looking at actually a peace that doesn't come from circumstances, a joy that doesn't come from circumstances, a love that doesn't come from circumstances, and patience 
that doesn't come from circumstances. We're going to be talking about stuff that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, does anybody know where the gift, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is actually mentioned? Do you know where? Fantastic. And 23. Got to have 22 and 23 because then you get, you miss out on some. So Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I love the Bible. I love reading it, and I love learning about it, and I love teaching it, and I love studying it. But I get frustrated whenever I see, like, a but. So when I see something that says, but the Holy Spirit, I always think, well, what comes before the but? And so I'm going to read what comes before the but, and I'm going to read a bit of what comes after these verses because I really think it's really important for us to know and understand the context of where these verses sit. Because even though they're great as they are, they're even greater when you can see what Paul is saying in the bigger picture. So we're going to read from 16. Now, if you look here, in the beginning of chapter 16, there's a so. So what that means is you really have to go and read beforehand to find out where the so goes. But that takes us all to the very beginning of chapter 5, which then takes us to 26 verses to read. And then when you read the beginning of chapter 5, of course you want to know what happens in chapter 4. And of course you want to know what happens in chapter 3 or 2 or 1. And then you get stuck. So I'm stopping with 10 verses for you. But realize that I do that knowing that I've got a show sitting there that I'm not going to be talking about, okay? But I need to mention it because if someone else is like me, they'll be like, what's the show? Come on. Ten verses will be enough for us. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that we are not free to, get, to carry out your good. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, distension, division, envy, drunkenness, white parties, and all sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone who lives that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. As we see from these verses, Paul is pointing out pretty much the tension that all of us face. A tension between 
sinful desires and spiritual desires. And what these verses are saying is that when that tension is there, it's the Holy Spirit that produces the love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest of them that we won't be looking at today. It's him that does it, it's not us. So love, joy, peace, patience, that's what we're going to be talking about today, as I mentioned. And we will look at the others because the thing to remember also is it's actually the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So that means if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, if we are living a life worthy of the calling that God's given us, all of these things should be evident in our lives, not just some of them. It's not like, oh, I've got this one and you've got that one. We should all have all of these because they are characteristics of having the Holy Spirit inside of you. They're not, um, that you can't really separate them is the whole point, even though I am just about to separate them. But love, there's heaps of verses on love. I'm just going to read out three of them to you. Love 13.35, John 13.35 tells us, love, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 1 Corinthians 13.1, if I could speak all the languages on earth and of angels but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. 1 John 4.7, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. I could have put up hundreds of more verses that talk about love. And I'm sure if I pass the microphone around, which I'm not going to do, so don't worry, and say, hey, let's see how far we can go all saying or thinking of verses in the Bible that talk about love, we could cover everybody. Because it actually... In the NIV Bible, because different translations use different words, but in the NIV Bible, there is that word, the word love is mentioned 319 times in the Old Testament and 232 times in the New Testament. A lot of love in the Bible. Now, if I had my mentors, I'd be asking who can add up quickly. Very nice. There's your mentors that you don't have. So that's 551 times in the whole Bible that the word love is mentioned. If you've been at this church for even a week and someone isn't mentioning love to you, like it would be pretty strange. We've had many, many topics and many, many sermons and many, many discussions about the fact that we should be loving to each other. 1 John 2, 7 says this, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one that you've heard from the beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message that you've heard before. And that's what I feel like when we talk about love. You all know this. That doesn't mean that we're all very good at it. When I think about my two kids, if I think about my husband, if I think about my family and I think... How am I going loving them? I'm doing pretty well. I could do better, but I, I'm okay. I'm pretty good at loving my kids, loving my husband, loving my friends, loving my family. Like I, 
I'm, that's not to go, hey, Ashley's not brilliant, but I'm pretty good at it. I like to know people and I like to do what they like and I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at loving them. So I hear this and I go, okay, yep, yeah, I'm okay doing that. If it comes to loving the church, which we're told to do, and loving other Christians, again, not perfect at it, could improve. I can see some areas that I could improve in, but not too bad, not too bad. Then you read this verse that says, Have you heard the law that says, love your neighbour and hate your enemies? But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that match. And if you think about your friends and your family who do not have the Spirit of God inside of them, I have some really loving friends who don't think God exists. So the, spirit, so the fruit of the Spirit, the outworking of the Spirit of love, cannot be us loving our friends. It can't be us loving our family. It can't even be us loving people who are Christians just like us. If the fruit of the Spirit of love is working within us, it comes down to how we love our enemies. The person who has hurt you the most... How do you love them? Or maybe not the person that hurts you the most, but like Nikki was sharing, people that we don't even know, that we have no connection with. How do we love them? That's when we know the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is working within us. Not when we love those who are in close proximity to us and who's easy, but when we love those that are hard. When we love those that the very thing that they're doing so disgusts us that we really want nothing to do with them, but we love them. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love. Joy. When you, oh, when you obey my commands, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's command and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Psalm 16:11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 126 verse 3. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. The joy of the Holy Spirit, again, is really not about us. It's not about, hey, how am I feeling today? Oh, things are going so well in my life that I'm just jumping for joy. My birthday's coming up and I've just got to tell everybody. God, it's so exciting. The joy of the Lord comes from being in the presence of God. The joy of the Holy Spirit is about God giving you joy, and that's it. 
Not because of the circumstances, not because of anything else, but because God has given it to you because you know who God is. Peace. John 14, 26. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. If you want someone at the moment who's living out that verse well, go talk to Danielle. I don't want to embarrass her, but she has peace regardless of the situation that she's going through because it's peace given by God. Second Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord will be with you all. The Lord be with you all. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, Verses that are not about the circumstances, but about who is in control, who we're living for, and what God, who God actually is, not about what we actually see. Patience. Romans 14. That's what actually say 4B to 5, not 4A. And again, I hate, I don't really like cutting out verses, but anyway. I did that for, for time's sake and now I'm just taking up more time telling you about it than reading it. But anyhow, and the scriptures give you hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. May God who gives, you, who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with one another as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous and yes, patiently, wait patiently for the Lord. Again, who gives us the patience? God. It's not because, oh, my kids are so good or my circumstances are so good. I'm just so laid back in nature that I could just wait all day for something to happen. I don't really care because I'm just laid back, whatever comes, whatever comes. It's about having a patience that says God is in control. It's having a patience that says Despite everything else that's going on, I'm going to choose to wait. That is what, when you know the Holy Spirit is working inside of you, when it's really beyond you. It shouldn't be like this, but it is. Someone who doesn't understand the things of God looks at you and goes, love, joy, peace, patience. I don't know why you've got all those things happening at the moment. Because God. Because God. Love, joy, peace, patience. I want to ask you a question this morning that I think is a really good indication as to whether or not love, joy, peace, patience is at working in your life. And that's this. How content are you? How content are you? Now, content doesn't mean I'm going to work and change some things. Content doesn't mean, oh, I'm happy with how things are and so I don't really care. I'm just going to sit and be happy. Content is saying, I am happy with how things are because I know that God is in control. That's the kind of content we're talking about. I am going to love. I am going to have joy and peace and patience because of God and who God is.
not for any other reason. 1 Timothy 6, 6 tells us, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And I'm sure you see that in your own life, in your friends' lives. People who have a contentment about them, you know that they and God have got it together. You know that they're not anxious about things. You know that they're not always trying to change things. You know that they're like, I am content to be where God wants me to be. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Paul wrote First Timothy, Paul wrote Galatians, and Paul wrote Philippians. Um, not that that's too surprising because Paul wrote a lot of books in the um, New Testament. But does anybody know where Paul, and again, no mentors for you, but pretend if that's going to entice you, does anybody know where Paul was when he wrote, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have? In jail. Even if you didn't know that, you could guess that for the fact that I asked the question. He's in jail. Paul was in jail a number of times, so no one's really sure which time it was, but we know he's in jail. So he's not having the best life, worldly speaking. He's not in a situation where everything is going so well for him. He's not having a situation where he goes, I am so comfortable, I could want for nothing. He's in jail. Jail is not a place you want to be. But here he is saying, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. He's learned it. That means to me that he's actually worked at being contentful. Content? Contentful? Probably not a word. Anyway, he's learned to be content is the whole point. Um, love, joy, peace, patience. That's a sign of someone who has learned to be content. So the question then is, how do we learn to be content? I'm glad you all asked. Because that's what I'm about to tell you. Again, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. I know I've already mentioned that before, but that is the whole point. The Holy Spirit does it. And if you remember our reading from earlier when we read like all of, you know, all of Galatians, but those 10 verses in Galatians, at the very beginning of what we read, it says this, so I say to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So there you is. That's the answer. How do we be content? How do we make sure the fruit of the Holy Spirit is working within us? We let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. After um, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, these are the verses that follow. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. If we are followers of Jesus, 
if we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, then those who belong to Christ, this is what they've done, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. That's not an easy thing to do. That's not like, a, that's not like, that's actually painful. To nail something to the cross and crucify it is a painful way of something to die. But that's what we have chosen to do. And since we're living by the Spirit, because we all are living by the Spirit, let us follow the leading, the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. That pretty much means in the place of your life that no one else knows because it's just you, in your family, in your work, in your school, in your shopping, in your business, in what you look on the computer, what you watch on TV, what you listen to, like every part. There is no part that is every means every. If we are followers of Jesus, we need to let the Spirit lead us in every part of our lives. And actually, it's really very simple. It's difficult but simple. It's one of those, like lots of things in the Bible. Because if you want to know what God wants, ask. He doesn't hide. If you want to know in every area of your life what the Spirit wants you to do so you could follow his leading, ask him. Read your Bible. Talk to friends who are following. And then do what you hear. Read see him telling you and the more you obey the easier it becomes to obey that's what I found anyway the more I ask God what are you saying the clearer I hear his voice because I know his voice because I obeyed this time and found that it was him because it requires some faith to step out and do stuff but once that faith becomes easier and harder, again, one of those weird summons, because we know what the Father's voice sounds like. Because we read the Bible and we know what it says, as Bron likes to tell us. We have the word hidden in our heart. So we know what the Holy Spirit is going to say. So when we find ourselves in a situation, we don't need to say, oh, sorry, I need to go away and pray and discern God's will. Because in that moment, we can know what God's will is because we've already been doing that. Because it's a lifestyle that we lead. It's not just on a Sunday, I'll see what God wants to say and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I might. No, on Friday, I might. Saturday, oh no, Saturday's the weekend, so you don't want to have to spend time doing anything you don't want to do. If we want to live by the Spirit, we actually want to live by the Spirit. Following Jesus is not something that is demanded upon you. We want to. We want to follow him. We want to know what he wants. But that actually requires some time. Listening, hearing, doing, reading, obeying. I love this song. Often songs pop into my head. And the song that popped into my head as I was doing the 
preparation for today is a very old one. And um, it's called All to Jesus. And it's, these are the words to part of it. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. Or if you are under seven, which I know no one here is, but if you're under ten, the other version of that song is Let It Go. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go, don't hold it back anymore. I can tell you I won't I can't sing. I could tell you all the song, all the words of the song, but I won't. But really, oh, you can borrow the you can borrow the soundtrack. It's all I've got the movie, the soundtrack. Like, talk to Catherine; she'll tell you it all. That's what we need to do. We need to let it go. Let go our sinful desires. Let go the things that God. I let go of the things of self and cling to the things of God. But you know what? Sometimes we get so like down at church. Sometimes we go, oh, I've got to surrender all. I've got to let it all go. Oh, this is so tough and hard. This is fantastic. Because if we go back to this song, I will ever love and trust him. If we love God and trust him, who better to let go with than him? I love Matt. I trust him completely. He's a fantastic guy. He's a brilliant husband. The, like, he is brilliant. So I was going to... No, I'm not going to say but. There's no but. No but. So I love and trust Matt. So if Matt said to me, Tanya, I really think that you should go and do this. I would trust him and probably do it. Now, I can be quite stubborn sometimes, so, but I would do it. Because I know what a great and awesome guy Matt is. If we know what a great and awesome God we have, which is so much greater and awesome than Matt... That's true. There's no doubt, but it is. It's so true. Who better not to surrender our lives to than him? Who better not to daily live in the presence of but him? No one better. Think of your best friend. Think of the person you love spending time with the most. God is so much better than that person. I don't even care who that person is. Like he's so much better. So this isn't a, oh, no, people, you have to surrender all yourself to God and why aren't you surrendering to God and you've got to hand it over to him. This is surrender to God. Let it go. This is brilliant. And when we do that, we have love and joy and peace and patience that does not come because of our circumstances, that does not come because of the world. It says that the world will know that we are his disciples. Sometimes I wonder about that. Sometimes I think, really? I've got some friends who are pretty good. I've got some friends who do not acknowledge God and they are so loving, they are so giving that they put me to shame sometimes. 
But that's not the love and joy and peace and patience we're talking about. This is a love and joy and peace and patience that's only found, only given by the Holy Spirit. And the only way to have that love, joy, peace and patience is to in his presence daily live. And what better place to do, what better place to live? There's no better place to live. We may think there's a better place to live, but there isn't. And the more we spend time with God, the more we read the word, the more that we remind ourselves and are reminded of who God is, what he's done for us, the easier it is to live in his presence because the greater we realise he is. I hope that all made sense. So let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let's be people who radically live in the presence of God. Let's be people who know that we have such an awesome God that how can we not want to follow him? And you know what? He's the best person to follow. I am okay at directions. My geography teacher told me to hold the map up the correct way that you're going so that you could, you know, whether turn left or right. Um, but Matt and I can sometimes miscommunicate the way that we give directions because I know my left and right. Matt struggles with his left and right. He knows north, south, east and west, which he tells me is a much better way of knowing directions because your left and right can change from like when you're facing this way to when you're facing this way. But north is north whenever it is. So Matt could probably stand up now and tell you where north is. We were in the city um, a couple of years ago probably and Matt was trying to – and I asked where something was and I pointed in the wrong direction. I should have just kept my hands down because then Matt went on to explain to me how the city is really easy to get around because everything is north, south, east and west of each other. And I'm like, well, that's really good but I don't know what my north, south, east and west are. So he tried to explain it to me and I sort of half got it with him beside me but now – I don't know. If you're going to get directions from anybody, the person who made us, the person who knows us, the person who wants us to have life in all its abundance, he's the one that we should be surrendering all to.